Hey there, you're listening to the Dream Hustle Podcast with me, your host, Shana Rucker. This is the podcast where I share all the juicy details about how I build an online business and personal brand while raising a family of three teens, being a wife, feeding the dog, and somehow finding the time to get all the things done. Welcome to today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the Dream Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Shana Rucker, and today I have a really special guest to bring to you guys today. Her name is Renee Warren, and we met through a common friend, um, and she we had such a fun conversation. So Renee is a recovering agency owner turned female empowerment and business coach. She's the founder of We Wild Women. After spending the last two years working with entrepreneurial couples, helping them live a more integrated life, she realized one thing was abundant in these relationships. Women wanted to start their own businesses. After Renee had led a team of 12 in her previous agency while running a household and having two babies in 11 months, she knew exactly how to scale a business and balance a growing family life. She can tell you with confidence that your hesitation in starting or growing your own business is one or both of these two things. One, you don't know where to start. Two, imposter syndrome. She was once there too, as we all are when it comes to starting our businesses, has made all the mistakes and it cost her time, money, and her sanity, but those mistakes turned into tough lessons that have made her the successful entrepreneur she is today. Renee is a best-selling author, award-winning entrepreneur. She's a drummer, CrossFit addict, and a certified Reiki practitioner. She literally can do it all. So welcome to today's episode and welcome, Renee. All right, Renee, welcome to the Dream Hustle podcast. We are so excited that you are here today. Thank you so much for having me. I love that I am a dream hustler. This is amazing. You are a dream hustler. Um, And you guys can't see Renee right now, but she's wearing this beautifully bright yellow shirt and it's just so happy, especially with everything that's going on in the world right now. It's just making me smile. So I appreciate that. Um, Awesome. Well, welcome. And I'm so excited to chat with you today. You and I both kind of do similar things and I think it's... Mm -hmm. uh, of all the times in the world to be able to share and talk about creating online business. I'm glad that we're having this chat right now. Um, before we get into our, um, you know, discussing all of those things, can you share a little bit with the audience about how you even started into becoming an online entrepreneur? A lot of the listeners here at the Dream Hustle podcast are um, people who either already have an online business or they're thinking about it. They're coming here to get direction on that. So I think your stories inspire people to take action. So I'd love to hear your story. Yeah. Well, my story actually began from a very analog perspective. I started a restaurant when I was 17 years old with my sister and, you know, grew that year over year. It was seasonal, uh, but I've always been an entrepreneur. So the story goes that my mom told me to go out and get a, a social insurance number so that I could get a job. And I said, I don't want a job. I want to work for myself because that means you make a lot of money and you don't work a lot of hours. <laughs> so when you're 17, you have these preconceived notions of what entrepreneurship really means. Boy, I was wrong. So where this restaurant was situated, um, was on a lake. And so literally in the summertime, I can see all my friends on a boat swimming by boating by, And I was behind the grill, cooking, taking cash, making shakes, you name it. Um, Lots of stuff learned there. That was what I learned the most, obviously, in running a restaurant was um, the time management. But being a service-based food business is how many hours actually go into your work week for you to be successful. And we did well. But, um, you know, we graduated high school, went off to college, paid for college, and 
I, after, after I graduated my undergrad, I remember telling my mom I wanted to go to grad school right away. And she told me to take a break. She goes, why don't you take a year off work and really figure it out? And I was like, okay. So I traveled to Australia. I did all that stuff. Um, came back adamant about going to grad school. So I did it, you know, and then when it was all said and done, I didn't really learn as much as I thought. Um, mm. So this was back in like 2005, 2004. Mm. And, you know, a lot of, a lot has changed since then. But mm. so my foray into being an online entrepreneur started when I was working for a company out of downtown Toronto, which we helped train entrepreneurs. <laughs> so we had contracts with Scotiabank um, and RBC and other banks where we actually put together uh, podcasts and training programs either in store or online to train other people. So I got what it meant and I got the need and I got that there was a lot of demand for these services and there wasn't a lot of supply. Mm. So I started my communications company from there. Uh, when I was done with that work, I started doing consulting stuff for companies like College Pro Painters um, and other smaller businesses in Toronto. Um, and then that led to me starting an agency, which I sold to my business partner and then another agency. So all this stuff was online. It was yeah. all digital. Yeah. And then I shut the doors to my last agency because I mean, that that's a whole conversation in and of itself. But, you know, long story short, I launched that business when I was eight months pregnant with my first son. And then after he was born 11 months later, my second son joined us, grew the business, had clients from South Africa to San Diego, mm. wasn't sleeping, you know, you know, the spiel. Um, but then it landed on this. So what I'm doing now with the We Wild Women and, and how you and I kind of connected was in that we both have similar missions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on our discovery call, I think most people would have been like, oh God, we're doing the same thing, servicing the same people. So why would we collaborate? But obviously we know our, our bigger mission working together makes a lot more sense. So, I mean, I think it's co-opetition. And, you know, having done... Like this, this bridge company between my agency and this, I worked with entrepreneur couples and helping them gain more freedom in their lives. Funny enough, I taught people how to homeschool and work from home at the same time. Wow. <laughs> I know. So I was actually on global news radio yesterday talking about it. Um, so if you, anybody needs knowledge on that, I can kind of help explain it. I know. Yeah. So, but in that time I realized it wasn't, it wasn't so much that the couples needed the help. And like, quite frankly, it got to the point when I didn't want to deal with other people's BS and I wasn't a therapist. So I did not want to do that work. But what I realized is that the quote wives, that most of these entrepreneur couples, um, like how, who they associated themselves with and how they identified themselves wasn't an entrepreneur. And they either wanted to push their business to the next level um, or start something new. And so I was like, okay, you know, there's something going on here. And I know there's like amazing people in this space, like Marie Forleo and I mean yourself and like, you name it. There's a lot of women that are helping women entrepreneurs. And so I thought, well, why would I do that if somebody else is already doing it? <laughs> but what I realized in all this is women, like as far as I'm concerned, everybody needs a coach or a mentor or an advisor or an accountability partner whether you're in business or not. And if you think about how many female entrepreneurs there are in North America, well, that means there's a lot of space for the work that we do because yes. we can't work with everybody. Mm -hmm. And so it's okay. So I tested it and, you know, people were really liking my vibe. They were liking the program. They were liking the community and the people I was pulling together. 
And I was like, you know, I'm going to just take a shot at this. So what I did was I drank my old Kool-Aid. I did my own program as though I was somebody coming into it for the first time. Mm. It was a lot of work. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, my journey into entrepreneurship started when I was 17, but online was probably like 2006, 2005. And do you feel though that you, like, I know for myself, when I look back, even as a child and things like that, even though I didn't start a business at 17, which is incredible. Um, I always wanted to work and make money from a young age, but I've always had that sort of entrepreneurial, like, spirit inside of me. Like I've always known that I wanted to be my own boss, but it took me until I was, you know, in my thirties to figure out how, or the, the opportunity to do that came up. But have you always, you've always, always felt like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and for me, it wasn't because of the, you know, the, the time freedom or the money freedom and being my own boss, but it was for the creative freedom. Yeah. Because I can create the products, the services, the events, the experiences, the way that I want, mm -hmm. uh, obviously with customer feedback, but it wasn't like bureaucratic where I had to go through all these layers of management to get approval. Like even to change one word on a slide because, you know, Scotiabank is sponsoring this webinar. It's like, no, I just, just change it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I like that, cool. that freedom. And with that freedom actually allows you to attract the right people. Mm -hmm. um, that's a better fit for your program. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because you said something about how, you know, you see all these other people who are out there doing the same thing as you or like as we do. And, and it's like, oh, well, there's all these other people already doing it. But one of the things that I've learned um, and you nailed it is like, it's like people resonate with, there could be a hundred of us doing the same thing, but there's going to be a certain section of the population that are going to resonate well with you. There's going to be a different section of the population that's going to resonate well with me. And, you know, to know that there's an abundant amount of people out there, it's funny because one of the questions I had recently asked in my Instagram stories is what is one of the fears that holds you back the most from starting a business? And they, the, the answer was, one of the answers was, I'm afraid people won't basically like me. And it's like, no, there's like an abundant of people out there waiting for someone exactly like you to get out there and start doing this because maybe they don't resonate with other people. Exactly. Yeah. And so when we do this whole avatar, ideal customer validation work, I always tell my customers, print out a picture of your ideal customer, whether it's a picture of you or somebody else, whoever this person is and put it on your desk. Mm -hmm. um, because whenever you get those moments of doubt or imposter syndrome creeps in, when you sit down and you look at this woman, you're like, I'm here to serve her. Yeah. Because yes, there's haters. Yes, there's people that are going to say stupid things and mean things and insensitive and considerate things. It happens regardless of who you are. Mm -hmm. But who cares about them? Because you're changing this one person's life. And if you have that effect with them, you can probably change so many other people's lives. Yeah, it's so true. It's funny because I, I feel like that sometimes when I do a video or I put out content and it's like, I put it out there, I do a podcast or something like that. And I'll be like, Oh, I don't know if that was any good. Maybe I should delete it or maybe I should do that. And then there's that one person who comments and goes, Oh my God, I so needed this today. And you're like, <laughs> you're just like, okay, it just validates everything you're doing when just even one person says that they needed that. But um, even like, I think of the content I've created and when people have said nothing or I would, I thought a video had low views and there was no, no engagement. I'd get one or two people come back to me like two months later saying, oh, the video you did on public relations actually helped me get the cover of the New Yorker. <laughs> I mean, that's a great example. It didn't happen, but it's like, wow. And so 
those, that's the feedback you get. All the people that are so vocal and like put it this way, customer reviews, there's more people that are opt to giving a negative review over a positive review. Yes. And so if you look at the percentage of people that actually like a service or a product, it's higher than those people that don't. Yeah. Yeah. And go, the same goes for comments, like yeah. the trolls out there, <laughs> the haters. Well, and I feel like if you have haters, that means you're actually making an impact. That means yes. you're actually getting out there. That means you're actually making like waves in, in the community and, and every level you get to in your business, every level higher you get to in your business, it's going to come with more of those people, right? It's like, yes. you just have to know that that's part of the growth. That means you're actually making an impact. And I think that that in a way, I know they're, they're haters and they're saying stupid things, but it's kind of exciting. That means you're like up leveling, right? Yes, totally. And the same goes for taxes. And this, this totally relates, believe me. Um, <laughs> I remember having this conversation with my husband. He's like, yes, my corporate tax bill this year was blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what? And he goes, he was all smiley about it. I was like, that's a lot of money to be paying for taxes. And he goes, because it means that I made a lot of money. I was like, oh, great perspective. Right? Yeah. No, if you're, if you're good about saving for your taxes, then you can smile about it. But it's true. It's yeah. kind of like, it's relative in the sense that, you know, the more haters you got, likely, if you feel like you're approaching it well, it means that you are, and the thing about it too, is like, you're, you're affecting more people, but their negative comments or their negative energy is just a reflection of their in, internal yes. like, wars going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's their, it's their issues, not necessarily yours. There's that statement out there that says other people's opinions are none of my business. You know, yeah. just let, right. let it be. <laughs> I couldn't figure that one out for the longest time. I was like, no, it's totally my business. I need to know what everybody's saying about me. Then I realized, no, because it's a direct reflection. It's pretty much them looking in the mirror. Of yeah. their own issues. It's like, oh, okay, that's cool. Then it's not oh. my problem. They just happen to be saying my name, but that's okay. It's their yeah. problem. <laughs> their problem. Well, and it's interesting that we're talking about this right now because I think that one of the things that's going on right now in the world, obviously, we're seeing such a uh, high demand right now for online connection, um, which is opening people's eyes to having some sort of revenue stream online just because the world is basically like shut down. And I think one of the things that stops people the most from, from doing something like this and putting themselves out there in a way is that sort of, um, that fear of judgment and imposter syndrome, which you talked about. So I'd love to hear, you know, what are some of the things that you help your clients with when they come to you with that? Okay. I want to do this, but you know, who am I to do this? Or I don't, they're, they're going to figure me out. They're going to figure that that I'm not an expert at this or that I'm new or that, you know, all of those things. I'd love to hear your points of view on that because I feel like there are a lot of people right now who want to do something, but I know how much that affected me when, you know, that this, whatever was going on right now wasn't actually even going on. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, my whole program starts with mindset mm. and whether you're super confident and believe you can crush whatever it is you're doing or not, it all, we all talk about the roller coaster of entrepreneurship and like your triggers, the thing, like think back historically, what was the trauma in your life to make you think that you weren't worthy? For me, it's funny. In university, I just finished getting back my thesis paper, which I got like A plus on, and I was super proud. And I rolled into one of my bird courses, which was like political philosophy or something stupid. And I had a teacher that did not like me. And so I got my midterm grade back and I got a C plus. And I'm like, what? This is terrible. I knew I deserved better than this. And she wrote a very insensitive comment on the paper, said, I can't believe you got to fourth year university with your writing style. 
Wow. And I was just looking at my thesis and her and I was like, well, I guess the feeling's mutual. I didn't like her. But that one comment stuck to me and I didn't realize it. Like screw all the work I did to get top of the class for my master's or um, in my honors program. It was the one person that said the one thing at the wrong time. And then forever, this was like 2002, forever I thought I'm the worst writer. I can't write. I can't spell. I can't speak. Mm. Funny enough is my million dollar agency was a content marketing agency. (laughs) And what do you do when you do content marketing? Right. (laughs) Say, look what I'm doing now. (laughs) But I could barely ever put in my name on a blog post. And when I did, it wasn't something that I wrote. I had to have somebody ghostwrite it because that woman years ago said that I wasn't good at writing. Yeah. And so going back to answer your question, it's like the work we do is to find that trauma and understand the triggers. Yeah. And if anybody has ever heard of Dr. Valerie Rain, she wrote the book, The Patriarchy Stress Disorder. Mm. It's not uber feminist. It actually like it's a science backed, data backed book that explains why women have been oppressed for years. And a lot of the way that we operate without knowing, which is uh, related to doing business, uh, is based on traumas that we've inherited, Mm. right? So like women think that we can't earn more than men or do a better job than men or write better books than men because historically, you know, we never were allowed to. So why would we be allowed to now? Yeah. And those, that, that is almost genetically passed down through generations, right? It's not like, you know, it's not like you necessarily have to have parents who believed in that. It's just something that's been passed down over and over and over again. Yeah. Right. And even like, even in my own life, when I'm, I'm a feminist, I recognize my oppression and I recognize that even the men in my life don't realize that they're also enforcing it mm-hmm. and not on purpose and not yeah. maliciously. It's just the way things have been things that, have- yeah. And it's like every financial decision that's made for me, I'm like, got to ask the husband, Right but he will just go ahead and spend the money anyway. Yeah. And I'm like, why, why is this the case? And it's not like he's, you know, doing it on purpose. It's just the way things are. So we work on the trauma. We work on those triggers. We identify them and they're like, okay, maybe we have to back up by like a month to figure this out so that when you're ready to launch, really lean into your business Mm -hmm. mentally, you're there, your heart's there, your mind's there, your gut's there. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you just self-sabotage. Like yeah. The moment you start seeing success, you're like, no, I'm done. I'm out yeah. of here. I'm done. I don't deserve this. Been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, I always, I truly believe that. I always say like a coach should always have a coach, but not just a strategy, mm-hmm. coach, but a mindset, like mindset coaching is, or having that mindset coach is, is so valuable in business because it's not just about the strategy. You can have the best strategies in the world to, to grow your business. But like you say, if, if your mindset's not right, you're going to be self-sabotaging. You're going to be like, you're going to be finding all kinds of excuses not to do things and all kinds of stuff like that. So, um, the mindset pieces is really important. So you start with mindset in your program. Oh yeah. hundred percent. And you know, sadly, a lot of these things, when I say, I know you got to put yourself out there on social media, like put your pictures on your website or write or do the video about your service offering and Unfortunately, there's so many women that just don't think that they're pretty enough or articulate enough for their own videos. And I, it just breaks my heart. And I think, mm, what's the work that we need to do so they can get past that? But it's like, it's so deep and it runs so deep in our culture and our society and in the media that what perfection is. Don't allow a lot of these women 
like to just level up as though they should. Um, and, and it's tough because there's only so many things that we can work on, but we, we touch on those things. And if there's something that I feel something is a little bit too much for me to work on, then I suggest that they, you know, find somebody else to work with a therapist, somebody that's certified in this, because, you know, we uncover a lot of little demons. Um, and some, some people don't even know it. Right? They're so unconscious to what's, what's happening. It's the, that little voice. Like, it's so funny because you say that about, you know, people don't want to go on video and they don't want to share their message. And it's funny because the, the people that I resonate the most with online are the ones who aren't perfect, are who the ones who aren't saying things like, you know, like they're a scholar. They're the ones who are like in the top, not just like jamming out and saying what's on their mind. And those are the people that I typically resonate best with the most yeah. versus the, and so it's like, if people could just understand that the world doesn't want perfection, they don't want you to be perfect. They want it to see your uniqueness. They want to see you stumble over your words. They want to see that kind of stuff. As long as you're giving good value, as long as you're sharing something, uh, you know, that's going to help them. However you do that is unique to you and people love that. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. it's not about being perfect. Um, no, and it's tough because yeah. there's so many expectations with what like for women, you know, and the words that saying is like society expects women to act as though they or no raise their kids as though they don't work, but work as though they don't have kids or something like that. And it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm very fortunate to have for my husband and I, like he does a lot of the stuff with the kids. We have a good balance in that. There's no expectations or one from one or the other. So I'm very fortunate in that. However, I've been in relationships where before I was an entrepreneur, I was in a relationship where I wouldn't be probably doing a lot of the things that I'm doing today because of that hierarchy of, you know what I mean? So it's like, um, I'm very fortunate now, but I can see how people can get held back because of those kinds of beliefs, you know, that just, Oh my God. Yes. I mean, but even when you work on it and you think you get past it and then you reach that next level of success, I mean, the reality is with business is when you get to a certain level, the person that you were is not the same person you need to be to get further along. Yeah. So there's a lot of growth and development. And that's why there's a lot of, you know, founders, um, people that have started businesses that back down or the board votes them off or whatever it is, because they're no longer really qualified for their own role, which is sad, but at the same time, it's, it is what it is. Mm. But the thing about mindset is in business is something you constantly need to be working on. You don't just work with me. And then in a month you're cleared up and you're good to go. <laughs> right. I wish I'd be yeah. getting paid a hell of a lot more if that was the case. Ready to go. <laughs> but it's a constant battle. And like, as you grow older, there's different battles you have to face. There's, you know, you, all of a sudden you have kids now and you're stuck yeah. at home. <laughs> you work with a coach yourself, correct? Yes. And do you find, cause here's two trains of thought. I, I like to switch up my coaches. I like to work with different coaches. Like each year I kind of look at, okay, who's just, where am I drawn to? Do you work with the same coach year after year or do you no. like to switch coaches? Yeah. And it's just kind of like, it, it goes like reading a book. People are like, what's your favorite book? And I was like, at what point in my life are you asking me what my favorite book was? Because, you know, there's some months when I'm all into like personal development and then some months I'm all into this feminist woo-woo stuff because it suits the situation. Yeah. And so when you look at coaches, like one of my favorite coaches was a guy named Jason Swank. He was an agency coach for mm -hmm. agencies. Within the first call, he, he saved us so much money and we were allowed to like break through to the next level. But I wouldn't hire him now because I don't need that. I don't run an agency. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yes, it depends on my, 
on where I am in my business or personally uh, or professionally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. I, I, I'm the same. I like to switch up my coaches because I think there's different seasons that we enter in our business. Mm-hmm. Some seasons require, like right now I'm in a mindset season and really working on, you know, that piece. And then other times I'm in more of a strategy season and need to, like you say, like level up or do something different strategy wise. So I love the idea of working with different coaches. So tell me about what it is that you do for your clients. Like give us a, a, cause I've I've got your freebie here, which I love. This freebie is so thought through. Checklist? Yes. The the wild (laughs) checklist. It's so great. Um, So tell me about sort of what you do with your clients and how you work with them um, and just share a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I do masterminds now and one-on-one coaching. And I'm in the process of creating my first online digital platform. It's interesting how the whole process kind of evolved. As I was drinking my own Kool-Aid, I was like, oh, I need to go explore the funding options and opportunities for first-time female entrepreneurs. And I was like, this is such a messy space. So I ended up having a meeting with a local economic development company. And I was like, hey, you guys give out money, so give me money. (laughs) Um, Well, that's not how it went, but that's what I thought in my head. And we sat there and he's like, yeah, no, we actually work with people who are way at the beginning, like literally don't even know how to spell entrepreneur. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, I still don't know how to spell entrepreneur, but I get it. And so we sat in this meeting and before I know it, it was like 30 minutes into it. He was all of a sudden paying me to put together a half day workshop for all of the people in his program, which was like hundreds and hundreds of entrepreneurs. <laughs> so the uh, economic development company wanted me to do these half day workshops. And I was like, you're paying me to validate my idea. This is awesome. <laughs> and one thing led to another and now there's a bank and another bank that are sponsoring events. And I was like, okay, I didn't, I didn't foresee this. So, you know, like we make these plans for businesses of what it's going to be. And I was like, I never thought of workshops as a revenue stream. So now this is what I'm doing. And while companies are paying me, I'm also really understanding the content that first-time entrepreneurs really need to get started. So I'm working on this thing called the Profit Foundation Framework, which is supposed to be the ultimate starter kit for female entrepreneurs. But I'm really enjoying the coaching and the masterminds right now. Yeah. I think I think the I think the world needs more like masterminds like that. I, I, masterminds, like that was my first intro into coaching was a mastermind, um, outside of like, I guess my first coach, who just gave me strict strategy, but really my first, uh, intro into really coaching and working with it was, was in a group of like 25 women. And it was just so it was, it was more powerful. I found working with all of those people versus just working, even just with the, the one who was running the mastermind. Like I got so much value from other, the other women who were in the mastermind with me, uh, and created amazing relationships with those women, even more so than just like, like I say, working with the individual mentor who was running it. So I think there's so much power in masterminds. So tell me about your mastermind. Well, we're on our second cycle now. Um, so these last three months and it's very specific women that I have into these groups and they're smaller groups and they're non-competing. And the whole idea is that when they commit, they commit to also being coached, but they also have to be able to provide their insight as well. So these are different industries. Like there's a female car mechanic shop, which I thought is badass. She's in there. There's, um, a career coach. 
There's like a cycle company. There's just, it, it varies, but we all have our qualities that we bring into the mastermind. So other than just the advice and the coaching that's provided within those, those groups, like you said, there's the community. And you know, these people have gone off to recruit more members or more customers because of these small communities. Mm-hmm. And the, the big goal um, when I created the plan for 2020 was to have my first big live event. <laughs> and yes, we have to laugh about that. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. Um, but I want to, you know, just to plant the seed, it will happen someday. I don't know when. And yeah. it'll be called wild. It's very simple. Wild. Well, here's and, what I here's what I believe is that come the fall, people are going to be craving those live events because mm-hmm. they've been so locked down and not been able. Like you know, I was even just thinking about my friends the other day, like the friends that I normally hang out with, usually you know a couple times a month, and I was like actually feeling a little bit sad because I'm like I can't even go and see them, right? And it's like when this is all said and done, we're going to be craving live events. We're going to oh, be 100%. action, and it's going to be. I think that's going to be huge for the fall. Yeah. I hope that you're planning on doing it in the fall. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I've also been on the receiving end of some good friends that have had to cancel, but mostly postpone their events. Yes. And, you know, some of them are getting sued because the, the places weren't, you know, forgiving them or allowing them to move things. And given the circumstances, that's just crazy. Yeah. Um, I just don't know that now's the time to you know, we can think about it. Yes. But I don't think now's the time to really plan that. Yeah. Yeah. Just setting it, just setting it there though, for future. It's like, exactly. we, I had a live event plan for the end of August or sorry, the end of April and had to postpone it. <sighs> um, you know, we were hoping for June, but now we're not even sure if June's going to be, you know, we, we don't know, but, um, you know, it's, it is going to, it is what it is and we'll, we'll get it up and running when we can. And, and, um, but um, yeah, and I think it's, it, it's an interesting time right now. So how are you dealing with what's going on in the world right now and your business? Like, are you feeling like this is a time for you to really promote what you've got going on? Or 100%. You, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'd love to talk about that because I do feel like that's a sensitive subject right now. It's like, yeah. should you be selling your services right now when people are feeling like I don't have, you know, they, they're losing their jobs and all that stuff. Yeah. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, a couple things. First of all, if you're a small business and your doors are still open for business, you better be promoting yourself. And the people that are saying the bad things are the ones that have had, you know, the terrible things happen to them, or maybe they've lost their jobs, they've been laid off, whatnot. But here's what I know is given how many people have had to go on to unemployment insurance right now, that is not good for the economy. <laughs> like, not at all. And the government won't allow this to go on beyond a certain time. And so all these people that lost their jobs, well, you know, they'll go on EI, they'll lose some income. If they're smart about it, it's not going to be detrimental to their business. Um, but, or sorry, to the employees, but the people that are running businesses, here's the thing is if you're not promoting your business, that means you can't be paying your vendors and your contractors and your team. If they're not getting paid, then it's just cyclical. And yes, there is this up, this chance you're going to run into some insensitivities because how dare you promote your business? I just lost my job. Yes, I get it. And I, I'm like, there's no disrespect, but at the same time, like I said, you need to keep pushing past this because there's going to come a day that we can open our doors and we can walk out and hug our neighbor. <laughs> and when that day comes, you're going to be ahead of the game because people are going to start spending again. Yes. Right now there's a spending freeze and there's people that work from home. 
they're still getting paid with minimal expenses. There's no daycare. There's yeah. no commute. They're actually saving money. Yeah. If they can, if they can survive these moments, yeah. people are still spending. There are companies that are still hiring. Yeah. I made two sales this week. Woot woot. Right? Yeah. Well, I know the grocery stores are hiring because they need more people. Yes. Like there's there's lots of things that can be done. And and much like you as an online business, like I have two sales calls on Saturday for people yeah. who want stuff. And I do believe that there is an obligation. I think as a, as somebody who is as two, two women here who are leaders in the online space, who uh, teach people how to create things in, in, in the online space, like we have an obligation and a responsibility 100%. to step up and sell our, what we have to people because they need it. Like, and, and people pay attention to what they pay for. So if we're, exactly. I, I don't mind giving away some stuff for free. Absolutely. I've given away a lot of free things in the last couple of weeks to help people just get creative and, and to, to think about, you know, building something. But when it comes to, um, actually like starting an online business, like, yeah, you can hire me right now to do that. You know what I mean? Like, because if, if you, if I gave it to you all for free, you probably wouldn't do anything with it. No. And you know, that's my argument the other day. Mm-hmm. And I even said this, like, there's no point in me giving you things for free or at such a big discount, because if you're not going to commit on a level you would, had you been paying for the program, it's no, there's no point for anybody. Yeah. I'm not going to discount my value and you're not going to stand up and push through. Yes. So it's not serving anybody. So yes, promote your business. I mean, and be respectful and kind to the people that are not in those positions like the way I see it is if you're able to work from home and if you have kids and you have this routine and things are good and you're making money, then that outflow of cash and that outflow of energy needs to be directed to the right people. Yeah. So what? You have to spend 20% more on your dish detergent because you're buying local this month? Then do that. Yeah. Like, please, <laughs> let's keep that cash flow within small businesses as much as possible. Yeah. And, and I think by us stepping up and selling and, and sharing what we have to offer, it allows, you know, the other people who do have things to offer to say, oh, if she's going to continue selling and, and, and promoting her business, then that I, sh- I can too, right? Like we have to show each other that it's okay and that we have something that most people who have online businesses right now have something that's going to help somebody in yeah. this time. So why, why remove that from, from people? Because, you know, yeah. You're afraid that you're going to hurt somebody's feelings, right? It's funny how we're coming back to that. Like you just have to like stand up and just, you know, if you've got something, you know, share it. Yeah. And if there's a price tag to it, share that too. And those who can and will, will do it. When I started my business, I recession, no recession. I still didn't have any money and I still figured out how to hire my first coach. I still figured out how to make the money back know how to pay the bills, do all those things. And it was because I always say pressure creates diamonds, right? It's like that financial pressure was on me, like to do something with what I was learning. And I built my first mastermind and and paid my, my first real big coach. Um, because of that, the pressure that was there created something and poof paid it off. So I think that that, um, there is that benefit of investing that's investing in something that's a little out of your comfort zone. Yeah. No pressure, no diamonds. Yeah. We want the diamonds. We want the bling. Yes. I love that. I love it. Um, so you're managing, you've got kids, you've got the business, everything's happening. You're still figuring yeah. it out and doing it anyways. Yeah. I mean, kind of how I'm, I'm pivoting. Um, yeah. I don't, it's, it's obviously momentarily, but 
what I'm in a great position right now that there's more people that have time available. So I've been like ramping up my podcast. I've been doing a lot more creative stuff, offering more free one-on-one sessions um, in exchange for that conversation being recorded. And so then I can use that content and put it in my groups. Um, Which, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, you're working on stuff you know you needed to be working on to begin with. Mm -hmm. But now that you actually have this extra time, and yeah. for me, it's like revenue wise, I'm good. Like I, I don't have any issues and I just keep reaching, like keep promoting. And if you need to tweak your business, pivot, whatever you need to do to cater to your customers in this time, then do that. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's about, this is a time because things have uh, quieted down. It gives us time to think and use our imaginations and create and think of things like you said, like how can we better serve our clients? Maybe you've been doing things a certain way for so long. And now that this, this, this has happened, how, where do you need to pivot and take that time to get creative and use your imagination and find new ways to uh, reach your clients and customers and create new products. Like it's, it's a total time for creation. And I'm, that's what makes me excited. It's like, I can't wait to see three months from now, like who's created what and what new opportunities have shown up, even in the school systems, like the teachers now are trying to figure out how to deliver content for their, for like, I have two teenagers and they're upstairs right now doing their projects because the teachers are now figuring out, Oh, I can, I can deliver content this way and I can, you know, do a zoom class and I can do these things. And so I, I think that there's going to be a lot of good that comes out of this in the long run. And I'm really excited to see what that is. A lot of innovation. Yes. I actually had a call, uh, when was it Sunday morning with a local teacher who was, um, was nominated for one of the top teachers in the world. (laughs) And I was like, I need your insight. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, tell me all the things that parents aren't supposed to know that you feel I'm allowed to know. (laughs) We went down that path and I got so, so much insight into why things take so long with the government, with bureaucracy, because like they have to look at every single person, every single person's position. Yes. Like we're looking at the, the very well off, where there's like perfect example, the extremely successful doctor who has a stay at home wife that already homeschools her kids. Yeah. Their day goes on as normal, mm-hmm. right? They just can't go to the park. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the woman who's paycheck to paycheck. And now she has this opportunity to work from home and she has three kids in three different grades. And now she has to homeschool them. And like, how, how, how does she do that? Yeah. yeah, So I think it's just, it's just a crazy, it's a crazy, crazy time that we're living in right now. Um, This homeschooling thing is like what I said on the, the global news yesterday was parents are doing a good job. Okay. Curriculum or not just no. Your kids are still alive. Let's do that. Relax. Kids don't learn when they're stressed. Kids don't learn when they're under pressure. So get your home environment good, comfortable, welcoming, good, get a routine. Mm -hmm. Then start do small things, little itty bitty things every single day. That's like, yeah. And like worst case scenario, just read, have them read, have them write, have them read to whatever grade they're in. Um, Cause it's like, we didn't ask to be homeschooling parents and all of a sudden we are. And not only that, we're got to run our businesses and work and, and feed them. Yeah. <laughs> Water them. All things. Like I, I even found last week was um, I put, was putting a lot of pressure on myself to like stay in my own routine. And I was like, 
feeling like, because I wasn't, I was so distracted by looking at the news and what's the latest cases of Ont- in Ontario and like all these things. And then I'm trying to do my business and then worrying about my kids on the iPad. And then like, I literally was so hard on myself for not, you know, getting as much work done as I wanted to. But then I had to like stop and go like, you know, come on, Shana, like the world has been flipped upside down and like you're pressuring yourself to do all the things like just, and then last, it was last week, I think it was, no, maybe it was Monday. I can't remember what I, what day it was. I actually went to the couch and took a nap for an hour and a half because <laughs> I was like, I, my brain literally just shut off. It yeah. just was like, I couldn't think anymore. And I was so tired. And I just thought, crawled into the couch with my little guy. We watched a movie and I fell asleep. And it yeah. was just like, I just needed that time to re- hit the reset button. Wait, and you know, when we look back on this in our life, if we live a long, healthy, prosperous life, and we think back to those few months in 2020 that were really crap, right? <laughs> Guess who it's not really crap for? Yeah. It's the kids. Because yeah. for the most part, these kids get to see mommy and daddy or just mommy or just daddy for more than they expected. And they'll, they'll remember what it was like to be with mom and dad. Like They're not going to remember the time. They're not going to remember the toys. They're going to remember what mommy and daddy were like during these times when we're stuck in home. Yeah. Those are memories for them. Yeah. And it's sure they didn't learn algebra. Sure. They didn't learn how to, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Yeah. They have loving, nurturing parents. And that is by far the most important thing. Yeah. I don't remember my, my youngest is in grade four. I don't remember a single thing about grade four. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, he, he'll remember this about being in grade four, but he's not going to remember what he missed school wise. I know. And we're, we're trying to keep it light and fun. Like I've been downloading like these star Wars math sheets that I can find or like star Wars puzzles or word searches and things like that, just to give him a few things to do outside of, you know, some of his iPadding and, and yeah like that. But yeah, and that's okay. It's what works for you because there's certain mandates and there's certain people like the non-tech people. And then there's a, give them an iPad if they make a noise people and then whatever works for you. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, we're going to screw our kids up somehow (laughs) according to somebody else's standards. So you do you, I'll do me. And at the end of the day, when we're allowed out of our houses, let's get together in the park and just talk about what we did. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And learn from the, learn from this. I love it. So what, what are your future? Like what's the next uh, thing that you have coming out or what are you working on? What find you all those good fun things? Big project that is super stalled um, is my morning practice planner that Mm -hmm. was supposed to be coming out next month. But um, I've been shopping around for a new printer. Mm. I have somebody in China lined up and I've used them before and I love them. They've always delivered exactly what I want. They're actually back up and running now. Oh, good. However, in this, I believe a lot of what we're going through now has been a message from, you know, a God or source or mother nature, right? For whoever you believe in. For me, it's mother nature saying, you know, just pause for a second and let's just, let's just think about the things that we're doing or have done. Yeah. And in this instance, in getting this planner printed in China, I was like, that's a, not a female-led business. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what about bringing this to Canada or at least North America, a printing shop that's run by a woman? Let's look at those options. And so that's what I've been sourcing. Um, but with the hopes of having that in the hands of female entrepreneurs by late August, early September, the wow. morning practice planner, and then my Into the Wild podcast, uh, which will be launching next April, well, this April, sorry, 
That's awesome. The timing on that is impeccable too, because people are looking for things to consume. <laughs> no, but it's funny because I started recording all of my sessions a while ago before this whole lockdown thing happened. Like now everyone is like starting a podcast. I was like, that's good. That's great. Most podcasts only last eight episodes, by the way. I don't know if you knew that fact. I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. That's interesting. So if you get past eight, then you've survived. Yes. Well, considering I teach people to like in launch week, I, they need to have a minimum of eight episodes in that first week. Yes. They should, you know, if, as long as I get through the first week, they should be good. Should, <laughs> right. Then after easy. that, they can pause for a couple yeah, months. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, I know. But honestly, like people that have never done podcasting before, at least for me, it was like these preconceived notions that it's easy. You just get people interviews or do your own shows. There's so much involved. Mm -hmm. It is like props to the people that are able to do this consistently because holy, it is tough work. <laughs> yeah. It definitely takes a, a, a boatload of consistency and um, to make it yes. work. I mean, consistency is like, if I had to put one word on how to be a successful entrepreneur is consistency. Yeah. That's it. it is baby steps. It's not, there's no such thing as overnight success. It is picking away at it, the grind every single day. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Consistency of showing up and being you and delivering your value over and over and over again. And then, and then also to add to that though, is knowing when to pivot. You know, it's like if something, if you're doing something over and over and over again, and you're getting nothing, like you're getting crickets, then maybe it's time to, to, to pivot or look at what's going on and see where you can make a shift. Um, yeah. but still staying consistent and showing up. Exactly. That's it. It's consistency. Mm. It's like the diamonds. <laughs> Screw pressure. It's consistency <laughs> make diamonds. Consistent pressure over time makes yes. a diamond. And that's really what it is. But you hear yeah. that though. Like you hear that with all of the, you know, the people we look up to, like you, you know, you need some names like Rachel Hollis and all those, like, you know, how many books did she write before she finally got exactly. that? Exactly. Like eight or something. Right. Right. And how many years of, of putting herself out there in different ways before she Ten. became who she was. Right. So yeah. Um, you know, you look at that and you just, I feel like, okay, well I'm on track. <laughs> I'm four years in. I've, I'm almost there. <laughs> I'm four years in and I got one book under my belt. Yeah, I'm good. Like, I'm um, no, it's good. It's good. So where can people find you? Yeah. Instagram Renee underscore Warren is where you can find me or any questions with regards to my content or what I'm doing at Renee at wewildwomen.com. Wewildwomen.com. And how often do you run your mastermind? Um, well, the way it's been going, um, I would love to be doing it like two or three at a time consistently yeah. with the right people. Oh so, but like I call them cycles. So it's a cycle, right? So right now I'm, we're starting our next cycle in about a week. Yeah. Well, definitely you guys go over to Renee's website and check her out, check her out on Instagram, send her any messages. And you guys, I always love to say, if you got, you know, value out of this, which how could you not, there were so many great things that you shared. So thank you for that screenshot this episode if you're listening to this on your phone uh share it in your stories tag renee and myself so we can send you some love in your dms and thank you so much for being on renee this has been great but we made it through so thank you so, so much for being here with everything that's been going on this is just such a bright light in my week so thank you and you guys go check out renee she's a lot of fun and um again just appreciate having you on the show thanks so much for having me 